This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast revisiting television, sci-fi, fantasy, and everything in between. This week, Auto Man, episodes 10 and 11. Excuse me. You are, uh, Mr. Man. Otto J. Man. Miss Hopkins. Mr. Man. Mr. Man, Miss Hopkins. My pleasure. Have you ever done any acting, Mr. Man? Oh, all the time. I think there's a little Robert Redford in my program. How would you like to do a love scene with me? Right here. Right now. Love scene? You mean like Rudolph Valentino in The Sheik? <laughs> Something like that. Well, certainly. Where's my horse? No horse, Otto. <laughs> Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast that's an 11 out of 10. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? Okay, here's what's real. Here's Listen to my line reading of something from uh, Auto Man. I'll try to give it a little something. You've made me look like a perfect fool. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, thanks. I will send it in to <laughs> yeah. Glenn A. Larson. Yeah, not a day of acting, eh, folks. He'll, uh, he'll hire you on. <laughs> well, we're back for another Auto Man episode. Despite my best efforts, we continue. Yeah, I know. You know... As with a lot of these things, you have this weird love-hate relationship because <laughs> some parts is kind of fun to watch and it's silly and talk about. And this is always the most fun part. But then there's those dark moments when you're by yourself and you have to watch 45 minutes of this drudgery. And it's like, why are we doing this to ourselves? Then you wake up the next day and you're like, that was about a 7 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I'm like, that was terrible. Man, it's about an 8. <laughs> Well, before we get into this week, I think we've gone on long enough to really get a feel for Auto Man, which means it's time for us to recast it into a blockbuster motion picture for the year 2022. Yeah. Well, I don't think we can get it out this year, so next year. Next year? it's gonna, Well, it's all the special effects we have to still do. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of special effects in this movie. I don't know about you, but when I started recasting this, and maybe it is my Auto Man fatigue, I was having a real trouble figuring out what this movie was mm. once I got started. But it finally dawned on me when I cast Auto Man what this movie was. It, it all clicked into place as soon as I figured out oh, the really? Auto Man casting. My feeling was I don't really love my first bit of casting, but the last chunk is all just character actors I like. So that's the only part I'm excited about. Right, right, right. See... I finally clued into what the modern Auto Man is with my first piece of casting. So do you want to cast Auto Man first? Yeah, let's get into it. I'm I'm excited already. Well, let's go with your Auto Man first and then we'll go with mine. Okay, I have two picks. Because I'm so excited. I have two picks, but I, I'm not... I'll try to explain why I think. So oh, we're always starting Auto Man. Okay, I was going to go with Walter, but Auto Man. So, uh, Walter, my, what is he, the star? Yeah, he's not the star. <laughs> um, so my first pick is I tried to think of this sort of personification of what a sort of insecure, not very self-assured, lacking in confident, meek sort of man, what he would create, you know, his uh, his ego, I guess. And I tried to think who kind of represents that like ultra masculinity and muscles and everything. So I put Henry Cavill, <laughs> Superman himself. I mean, that's not a bad choice. Yeah. I'll say I was thinking, I'm like, what is this movie? Who leads this film? 
and what does an auto man look like in 20 well how do you take this already mm. like weak idea and move it into the modern age and i realize there's only one casting choice ryan reynolds <laughs> oh no because if yeah. this were a day today yeah you know what i'm i'm gonna give it to you right off you know i'm i'm gonna say my next pick was at least maybe somewhat physically similar looking which was alexander skarsgård just because i thought he'll do it yeah 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 but uh but no i think ryan reynolds is is the thing i think he'll be he'll be very smug and he'll be very funny and i'm the only person in the world who doesn't think he's funny so he'll be that way he'll be that way where he's funny but he's not actually that funny yeah and it's it's and here's the secret for everyone he's good looking so everyone has decided he's funny because he's marginally funny he's not funny everyone he's as funny as george clooney everyone said george clooney's funny guess what george clooney's not that funny he's just movie star funny yeah exactly he, yeah. he can like wink at the camera just enough for you to be like oh that handsome guy's in on it yeah. too. yeah well i think that's a good auto man really i was just like as soon as i thought of that i'm like oh yeah i understand yeah. this movie i understand this movie now yeah <laughs> i understand why it's a blockbuster <laughs> all right well let's go into wally then our our nebbish if you will mm-hmm. our nebbish leading man i have two picks again I've tried to pick someone who my first thought was, Wally, you don't really like him that much. You kind of need a punchable mm-hmm. face. Okay. So I thought Miles Teller. Oh, that's an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad choice. Yeah. I was thinking, who's the who's the, who's the actor who plays Auto Man or Wally in the Auto Man series? Oh, it's uh, uh Ricky uh, or not Ricky? I think he is character in I Love Lucy. Desi Arnaz Jr. Desi Arnaz Jr. Yeah. And I was just like, Little Ricky. What famous person's son could we get <laughs> for this? And who would fit? And I realized it's Jaden Smith. Oh, that's a pretty good pick. I was just like, who, who's, whose father is outlandishly talented and has had a son who is just doing his best? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think that's going to be a better pick than my next one. But I was trying to, I went in a different direction for my second pick, which was who can maybe do something different with this character and maybe bring mm. a little bit more three-dimensional characteristics and have it maybe be more of a real person and less of just someone who squishes their face against the windshield when they make <laughs> 90 degree turns so i picked donald glover donald glover eh mm-hmm. that's actually- I don't, like i don't know but i just thought there was something about it i thought this could maybe be something i you know what i like donald glover i think that's actually a good casting with ryan reynolds to have someone mm. who's like actually quite funny and smart on their own it might be a nice Offset because he can be a. I think he'd be an interesting straight man to uh, Ryan Reynolds' mm. character. Let's go with Donald Glover. Okay, I like it. All right, of course now we need Roxanne, the yeah. uh, uh, always forgotten other yeah. police officer. Yeah, this is an easy role for whatever actress we pick. I have two. Okay, my first one, and I'm I'm not that familiar with these actresses, so I apologize ahead of time. But I did see that this uh, one actress, Karen Gillan. Has played a lot of like sci-fi roles. Oh yes, of and course. a lot of things. A Scottish actress, and I thought, yeah, she could be maybe bring something to this role. I yeah, I could see Karen Gillan being saddled with this role. Yeah, <laughs> I went. They with... put her in a little pair of shorts, and she's like, all right, real Jumanji two, mm-hmm. yeah. three, whatever Jumanji it was. Uh, I was trying to just think too. I'm just like, it's a uh, not a great role, really a side character. And I was just trying to think. I'm like, what poor actress is having to do a lot of these these days, and what what can we make her do one more? And I, I immediately was like, what about the actress from Spider-Man and Dune, Zendaya? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, she's in everything, so it's probably a pretty good pick. And uh, we can all sing that meme, uh, Zendaya's Michi. Do you know that one? No, I don't know that a meme. Good, a good meme. I'll check it out. Um, well, I think that's probably the best pick, but I'll give you my second just because. And really all I was thinking is, how do I get the kids? You know what I'm always thinking? 
how do I get the attention of the kids? It's you, the most important thing to me. You drive around in your car all day. Like, how do I get the kids' <laughs> how attention? How do I get the kids? And uh, uh, I was like, you know what's what's hip and, and hot with the kids? Riverdale, or at least it is at the recording of this podcast. Um, so I thought I picked the girl playing Betty, Lily Reinhardt, I believe is how you pronounce Oh, her yes, name. of course. I, I, yeah. I have seen that show in, in passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Zendaya, is that how you pronounce her name? I believe it is Zendaya. I think that's, uh, she's like Madonna. She just goes by one name. She just goes by one name. She's I think much... she's probably the pick. She is probably like the right level uh for this i i don't mind your first pick karen gillian but let's go with zendaya okay all right let's go with lieutenant curtis which i'm excited about because i'm like we need a lieutenant curtis just this cop who like is should be the most experienced in, sh- in any other show would be the lead but is not in this show okay well again i picked two character actors that i really like because i figured they're just filling out the cast and they're really going to do the heavy lifting for you know ryan reynolds mugging around all day yes yes so and i i have who's getting kidnapped okay so my first pick is an actor that i don't know how well versed you are but my first guess is it's bill camp oh i know bill camp's face yeah he oh he's um what was he just in that i was watching him in the stephen king one no i (laughs) my brain is broken it was uh, i watched the night of Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's the cop in that, and then and then someone pointed out to me he's also the chess janitor. That's right. In uh, Rook's Bishop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the king, <laughs> king, king's king's uh, king's gambit. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Queen's gambit. Queen's gambit because it's about a lady. Yeah, Jordan. sorry, sorry. Anyways, I think I like him. I, every time I see him in something, he's just like solid. And I was like, we need more actors like that. So that's my first one. Oh, Bill Camp is a great choice. I really like him actually as an actor as well. He's a uh, underperforming character mm. so I was going a slightly different way in that I was just like we now need a cop who is just so elderly just like oh. Lieutenant <laughs> Curtis just like way too old can't really do anything but for some reason we've given him an action role by the way as a as aside uh, the actor playing the actual role in this TV show it feels like he just told costume. I don't want to try anymore because he's just like wearing like sweatpants and like <laughs> like windbreakers. I was like, I guess that's what the character is now. And I very much that is my my mind. I'm like, what right. actor can we get who like will show up but just enough? And that was Robert Redford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Robert Redford. I think he gives it more than you're giving credit. for. I think he'd do a good job, yeah. but I do think he would be like he's like st- like he'd be in that he'd come in as this cop, but he'd be like, oh, he's he's too old. <laughs> he's too old to be a cop still yeah there's a little bit of those guys from the 70s you're like yeah, i guess you're still in that role um okay well my second pick and again i have a picture for you luke and kiss i i think sometimes these people are this helps for me their, their faces Pictures aren't as help. recognizable as you might remember um but another character actor i really like um not going as old as robert redford because i'm looking now and he's 52 years old uh it's shea wiggum oh yes shea wiggum. another just great actor yeah, every, every time he's in something i'm like more of him what did I like him in? I believe it was um, the Broadway Boardwalk Empire. There we oh, go. Oh yeah, that's right. He's in that. Yeah, that's what I re- remember him from. He's the he's the sheriff. No, I no never... no. He's a uh, he's the brother of Steve Buscemi. Mm. <laughs> there we go. I got there. It's been a while. I never finished it. It was good though. <laughs> you know what? I like Bill Camp for it. Yeah, I think so. All right. I mean, he may not he may not get his name on the poster. But you know he's not getting an and. It's not gonna be and Bill exactly Kane. like it would have been and Robert Redford. But I think that's okay. I think he'd he'd bring a lot to it. He'd be more. He'd be able to do more. Robert Redford would just be pushed around in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. I'm being so mean to Robert Redford. He's I not know. that old. He's, he's not he's acting like he's like he's your grandmother's age. <laughs> Luke's grandmother just had her 98. She's 98 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Captain Boyd. 
I got two picks again. I would say Captain Boyd is younger than Lieutenant Curtis on the show. <laughs> well, well, if you're casting Robert Redford, yeah, which we're not. I meant on the show we're watching on. Oh, him. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I have two picks again. Uh, my first is uh, another character actor, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Oh, that's very good. Yes, yes, yes. From uh, The Wire, most yeah, famously. Yeah, most, most famously The Wire. But he's just one of those actors where, like, I, he's just super watchable. Well, this is probably my, th- this would probably be my pitch for an end casting in this case. Captain Boyd has no role other than sitting in there and like yelling at uh, Wally. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, how how can I spice this role up? And uh, I, for some reason, I thought the funniest version of this was uh, Gal Gadot <laughs> with her uh, with her accent wow. sitting in there, just giving giving Wally hell. Well, I'd like to say I picked something for my second pick that's along the same lines, but I don't think it is because my second pick was Margot Martindale. Margot Martindale. Yeah. I love Margot Martindale. I think we've cast her before, but let's do it again. Have we? I like the thought that I maybe I'm just casting her in every movie. I feel I like mean, she's a, a great actress. She's great. I think she'd make a great cheat captain. Yeah. It's the same idea of just someone yelling at Wally, mm-hmm. and uh, she would do a great job of it. Okay. Well, this masterpiece is, before we give the director, do you want to do a quick recap of who we have in this movie so people can whet their appetite for the director? Sure. I don't have to recap them again later, though, right? No. Great. So right now the cast for this movie is Ryan Reynolds as Auto Man, <laughs> Donald Glover as Wally, Zendaya as Roxanne, Bill Camp as Lieutenant Curtis, and Martin Margot Martindale as Captain Boyd. Okay. So I have one choice for a director. I'm assuming you do as well. Uh, yes, that's correct. Why don't you go first and tell me your reasoning? All right. This was a tough one. I was trying to figure out who directs this movie, and I, I had a lot of trouble, and I don't know if she, he's quite the right fit. But I decided his his knowledge of action and cops are what what brought him to the table here, and I'm going with Anton Fuqua. Fuqua, and wh- Fuqua. I believe that's how you pronounce it. He he would have done Training Day, the Equalizer oh, yeah, okay. movies, very gritty stuff. But uh, maybe he wants to try his hand at uh, Ryan Reynolds style comedy. It's funny. I, I pick someone a little bit similar. At least I think maybe the reasons reasons we have are similar. And uh, I kept thinking about you know, the current state of these sort of uh, big, I'm assuming this is like a big superhero type movie. It's um, big for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you said the budget's 400 million, I think. I mean, how are us we going to get that blue glow? <laughs> exactly. Um, and sort of, uh, you know, uh, Marvel and DC and these other companies, they're sort of getting these smaller directors to, you know, theoretically put a stamp on the movie. Get an indie in there. But they're not putting their stamp on because it's just going through that. They're not sausage. allowed. They're not allowed. Yeah. But I thought, you know who they do it to next? Minari director himself, Lee Isaac Chung. Lee Isaac Chung. It's going to be his, his, he's, he's like, I just made a $2 million movie. Now it's time for a $400 million movie. I but like I think, that. I think we have the same reasoning though. It's like a director that you wouldn't think would do one of these big movies. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think Antoine Fuqua is, is that, I think he, I think you could easily see it. And I think he does very large mm. movies. His are usually just much more like gritty. I like yours. I think that's a great idea. Let's okay. bring this indie into a sausage factory yeah. and force him to like watch Ryan Reynolds make wisecracks. After. Yeah, we shoot the movie. We decide that we don't like forty percent of it, so we reshoot it again, and then we get up some terrible. Well, that's movie. when we bring Edwin Fuqua in. Yeah, he sh- we get him in just to redo all the action sequences. Yeah, and then we go. You know what? Don't worry. The sequel that we just call Auto uh, will be much better. The Auto Man. Yeah, the Auto Man. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty good, actually. The Auto Man. <laughs> well, I'm only making Auto Man, so we can remake it as the Auto Man. Exactly. <laughs> Great, Jordan. Uh, I think that, I think this is one of my favorite movies we've done. I'm 
surprised. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just it's so much better than this show that we're going to talk about. That is true. Uh, I'm not going to get into it because I, I, I only occurred to me as we were coming down. Sometimes we talk about which which plot we would use from this, and I didn't want to mm. do that because I couldn't think of it. But I realized as we were starting, I'm like, oh, we, we definitely just use that um, a ransomware episode where like someone's mm. hacking the city because that's perfect. That, that one was works. the the episode so far of we're going to talk about you know ten and eleven today. Um, of the 11 episodes, that's the only one really that made sense for why Auto Man's there. Yeah, either that or it's a hilarious movie where Ryan Reynolds tries to be a rock star and then a stripper and then <laughs> yeah. he, he starts tries acting on uh, his hat I'm, on. I'm just saying now, I was a little disappointed in the stripping. I mean, you wanted it and I you did. didn't get it. I did, yeah. Okay. Here's the IMDb summary for episode 10, Murder, take one. Before you give the thing. Don't you think this is a dumb title, seeing as we just had an episode called Murder MTV, and now Murder Take One? I would say this trilogy of Auto Man episodes <laughs> is like <laughs> the equivalent of The Simpsons, where Homer has a different job every week. Right, right. Because this is just like, I, I was watching this, and I'm just like, hey, uh, apparently you guys don't want to make a crime show anymore, so why don't you just have Auto have a different job? Like, uh, like, just give up on the crime, because you're already bad at doing crime shows. Just make him have a different job every week. Yeah, that's what I know. Want. It is what it's become. Anyways, I I, uh, I cut right. you off. Here we go, you guys. A slight digression there. Former movie star Veronica Everly is suspected of the murder of a gossip columnist, Keith Gillette. Automan discovers a Hollywood producer, Michael Hagedron, has a greater motive for murder. As Gillette had discovered, Hagedron was financing a movie with drug money. That's yeah, it. I think that's it. Did you notice a couple of the, the people I want to point out that, uh, what's his face? Gillette's played by character actor Ed, Ed Lautner, who I don't know if you were familiar mm-hmm. with. He's in a lot of movies at the time. But what I was really weirded out about is, <laughs> well, I don't know if I was weirded out. I was surprised is Michelle Phillips plays Veronica Early. I don't know if you know who Michelle Phillips no. is. I didn't even know she did any acting. She's one of the singers from the Mamas and the Papas. Really? And I was like, I know her somewhere. And I looked it up. I was like, oh, she did acting? And like I saw she did like kind of, a little bit in the 70s like bits here and there maybe that was like her post singing career but i thought what an odd choice but then i mean maybe that makes sense for this kind of show like we got you one episode on auto man and she, she's like, she okay. lived like next to gunny larson and he asked yeah. if she was busy that week yeah exactly <laughs> um but yes this week auto man is going hollywood oh yeah and there's some of this doesn't make sense i'm gonna just say uh, now. I mean, whatever <laughs> it's, it's insane uh, a gossip columnist has been murdered at the start of it and of course lieutenant curtis is put on the case and uh the gossip columnist's assistant shows up with a pocket full of like scraps of, of notes of stories he was working on yeah uh, to which to which i believe lieutenant curtis is just like oh i've got a computer jockey he'll handle all these notes yeah it, it this is something that i think you mentioned right off when we started talking about this show is there's a some knowledge of computers, but also not a lot of effort uh, to want to learn more about how anything works. So their version is you just give a computer scrap paper without any directions or instructions or commands, and it just spits out answers. An answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so funny, too. It's cause... very like, I, th- I maybe it was Kevin in the first episode mentioned, it's very like 1960s Batman TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very funny, too, because like, I think we've seen a variation of this, I think with receipts in another episode or something, mm-hmm. where I was just like, no, no, Lieutenant Curtis, this is your job to look at the clues. Like, you should just read these over and piece together the evidence. But it's very funny. He's just like, let me give it to Wally. And then Wally turns around and he's like, let me give this to Automan. I'm like, nobody on the show wants to do their job. Yeah. It's funny. I thought the same thing, more so in this episode than in previous. Maybe it's just because we've seen so many. But it really does feel like all, Wally is never doing his job. 
he's just constantly getting stuff and like auto man take care of this and then he like leaves i'm like where are you going this is what you're doing today it's what happens captain boyd gives a case to lieutenant curtis who gives the case to wally who yeah. gives the auto man <laughs> shit just rolls downhill yeah auto man gives it to cursor cursor tries to sexually assault someone they all laugh it off for some reason it's so weird but yeah basically auto man reads the notes the journalist wrote and in the notes discovers hey he was investigating a drug smuggler named michael hagadar who has been investing his drug money in a film that his lawyer is producing called silver dawn that movie stars his uh girlfriend because he's trying to get his I girlfriend know. to the movies i'm this, just like what? this is this is classic auto man and for anyone who's unfortunately just listening to this now and didn't listen to the previous ones auto man has a real complication problem and again they don't need to give you so much backstory about why this uh whatever this investment to this uh, movie is so important but it's just like they have to tie it up in so many things i'm like what there's a drug deal and the drug deal if it doesn't go through then he doesn't get the finance for the movie because there's a bond company who's going to pull the insurance just like okay this is too complicated for a silly show where you need him to dress up as an actor it is very silly and basically wally gets the info from otto and then he's just like okay there's a drug smuggler investing money in a movie that seems to be what's happening if anyone had bothered to read that writer's notes they would have all known this yeah and then while he's just like thanks Otto, go home i'm not going to tell anyone but i'm going to go on my own private stakeout of the drug dealer's house yeah and let me ask you about the stakeout so wally does wally goes and now we've about halfway through this series but episode six or seven wally now goes out and does stuff before he always kind of pretty much was on the computer and if he was going out it was sort of against the police wishes yes but now he like I think someone along the way was like, we, we can't keep coming up with excuses for Wally to leave. Let's just actually have him actively be part of police cases and missions and so forth. Um, but in this, he's like, I'm going to go investigate this guy who might be uh, running uh, drugs. Uh, yeah, drugs, illegal money into this movie industry. But his plan is to sit outside the house on a stakeout. What is he hoping to see? Well, drugs, I, drugs coming through. I don't like, know because he doesn't see anything. No, I know. All that happens is, one of the goons at the house sees him, and I think this scene is specifically here because we noticed in the last two episodes, but it, is, it seems almost only there, this huge goon, twice the size of the actor, comes out, yeah, and then Wally know gets out of the say. car and beats him up yeah, and then drives away. And I'm like, nothing was discovered here. Yeah, but, but what were you going to say? I think we have the same opinion, which is the reason that scene is in there is because they need him to look like a tough guy. Yeah, and which is something the character they've added the last couple episodes that every episode Wally beats someone up and it's like what? It doesn't really make sense. And this one was the most out of place because at least in the last two it was at the climax they gave him the heroic turn. This is apropos of nothing. Yeah, the guy basically comes up and goes what are you doing here and Wally goes don't ask me questions and they get in a fight and then the guy tries to shoot and Wally drives off. Yeah, so yeah. He gains nothing, blows his cover, they know the police are on to them for something but I guess Desi Arnaz Jr. gets to kick someone. My my note here is exactly escapes having learned nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at any rate, he left Auto Man behind, which is again another thing that this has become common on the show is Wally gets information and tells Otto to cool just to sit there. Well, which never which he never does. It's funny. It's uh, the note I made is, and I know there's maybe too many I Love Lucy connections at this point, but I don't know if I rewatched them, I'd feel this way from the beginning. But at least in this episode, I thought. This is an I Love Lucy episode. <laughs> what it is, is 
Ricky is going off to the club and he goes, Lucy, you stay home. You're not going to come. She gets jealous and goes, I am going to go and then gets in some crazy, uh, you know, situation where she has to act her way out. And it's hilarious. And we all think it's funny. That's what this is. That's what Automan has become. It's just an update with of I love Lucy, where he gets told to, he has to stay home. He gets jealous and then goes and ruins everything. But it all works out in the end. It should be called I love Automan. It should be called I love Automan. But no, uh, in this case, Automan, having been left at the police station, to, been told to not do anything. He uh, hears that uh, Veronica Everly, an actress who is uh, potentially a suspect in this dead gossip call in this murder because uh, they had a contentious relationship. Yeah. She's there being interviewed as a suspect. And as we all know, Otto's a big movie buff. Yeah, because he watches movies all day on his chest. So he uh, he has Cursor dress him up as Agent Auto Man. I'm I'm telling you, I'm so sick of him dressing up as Agent Auto Man. He's in it more than Auto Man is. That is true. He's he's basically an FBI man. Now. Yeah, and Agent Auto Man walks into the middle of a suspect interview, and all the police are like, "Oh, it's so good to see you." And they just have a meet cute in the middle of her yeah. interview. He's like super flirty with her. She's uh, reciprocating the flirt. The flirting and uh and she basically i think invites him to come to the movie set yeah because she's attracted to him she's like why don't you come down to the check out the silver dawn movie set and that's right the movie's called the silver dawn silver dawn yeah he heads down he heads down to the old hollywood studios and uh he gets there just in time to see this uh there's a, i was confused for a little while because i couldn't tell the difference between uh the actress ever of uh, Veronica Everly and the second actress who is also there well what's funny is until the end of this episode uh, Veronica, you never actually see her acting. She's just off sitting on the side. And I was like, is she actually in this movie or did she just invite him to a different view, movie? View a different movie? Yeah. But no, there's there's this other actress, uh, Kitty Hopkins. She's the she's the uh, lawyer's girlfriend, I believe. Yeah. So No, no, no. She's the drug smuggler's girlfriend. Yes. She's the drug smuggler's girlfriend and the lawyer is there sort of she's the, he's help, per- helping to funnel the money, I think. Yeah, he's. I think he's producing the movie with the money from the drug dealer and the drug dealer has put the money in and he's like the drug dealer's not as excited about this he's only kind of doing it for his girlfriend and his lawyer right <laughs> which is so confusing yeah i mean it's not as much of an investment as he thought it was going to be yeah. not as good an investment not as good. and uh kitty hopkins is having a very bad scene with the romantic lead of the film and mm-hmm. so she basically fires him on the spot at which point the director is panicking because he's like we only have three days left in the production and you just fired i assume the romantic male lead yeah and so i wasn't sure maybe he's getting caught in the weeds too much I can only assume he hadn't filmed any of his scenes yet and they don't have to go back and film they them. They saved them all for the end yeah. with, this, with this one gentleman. And this is a very complicated problem in addition to that because you hinted at this before. But if they don't finish this movie in three days mm-hmm. exactly, the other investors in the film will somehow pull all their financing out and then the drug dealer will have to cover their amount of the so he'll have to i guess maybe double his investment it's like a 10 million dollar yeah, film like, i don't understand what this deal is they're all shocked by how expensive this movie is like i can't believe it's 10 million dollars yeah but also like that's not how it works you can't just at the end like the money's been spent it's crazy i know oh sorry it's 20 million dollar film. but yeah you can't just move it out at any rate so they need to get it or the, he'll have to put it in and the drug dealer can't put additional money into the movie because he needs that other mil- money that other $10 million he, he would need to invest to cover the remainder, he needs that to buy the heroin shipment that's also coming in three days. This is, this is such classic Auto Man. This is like if I was like, what's Auto Man like? You're like, 
I'll exp- let me explain the plot to you. How much time do you have? <laughs> it's, it is so funny. Like it's just like every step of the way, you're like, well, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's like because what they really what you have to know is they're working these scripts backwards. They go, what do we want Automan to dress up? And this week we go, we want him to be an actor, and so he has to pretend to be an actor okay well he'll be in his scenes and then they work backwards uh the movie's run by drug smugglers that's how it works we need a ticking clock yeah but it doesn't work work. yeah he needs to buy drugs in three days how does that affect the movie uh uh, (laughs) if he doesn't finish the movie in time then he won't have enough money (laughs) yeah anyway it's crazy thankfully for kitty though after she fires this lead actor, she sees Auto Man just standing around amongst a bunch of grips. He's just yeah. standing out there. But he's so handsome. He's an 11 out of 10, Jordan. Yeah. And uh, they're immediately like, you're hired. You're hired for this movie. You're perfect for the romantic lead of this movie. Yeah, they give him the script. He powers through the script in like three seconds. He reads the whole thing. Um, and then they're like, I, I think they're like, he does he nail the part right away? He yeah. like does one scene and they love it. Yeah, he's just really good in his one scene and he like, uh, you know, he can read the script, memorize it immediately. But here's what's weird about it. And I know it's like, you don't really need to know how the movies work or the reality stuff, but they film him doing this scene and then they go, we'll see if you get the part. It's like an audition to bring him back. I'm like, but you just filmed him doing stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't make a lot of sense. Either, but like I, I, the point was, is like he's there. They try him out. He's really good, and he's gonna get the part. I, my, my only, the only part of this I liked is this director who they, he never gets named. exasperated. He's kind of there. But what I liked was that at some point he's uh, he turns the after he does the audition, he turns to and says, or uh, he turns to Autumn and says, "Do you have an agent?" And Autumn's like, "What's an agent?" And the uh, quote from the director is, "Like a vampire with a phone." <laughs> Which I'm like, that's a bad joke, but it also made me laugh a lot. Right, <laughs> like a vampire with a phone. Yeah, but the the director's really just there to be exasperated the whole time, and because as you're gonna know, he's just gonna. I have to say, he, his po- Auto Man's kind of plot is he has to sort of be as annoying as possible for reasons we're gonna explain to delay things. But he actually really frustrated me watching this, and I just couldn't <laughs> think. I'm like, you're wasting everyone's time and money being such a jerk. I hate you so much. This was the episode you really bothered me. Did you? Uh, I mean, it just hit too close to home. Maybe. But did you? Uh, did you catch uh, Auto Man's full name? Oh, uh, he I I wrote it down somewhere. He gave himself a middle initial for some reason. Uh, what was it? Uh, he's just like, uh, fill out this contract. What's your name? He's like, oh, it's Otto J. Man. Oh, that's right. You know what I did write down, though? He says at one part, he's like, I want to be an actor. He says, I could be an actor like Clint Eastwood. Dirty Otto. Dirty Otto. Yeah. Is it, that's Homer's middle name, too, right? Otto J. Uh, Homer, Homer J. J. Simpson. Simpson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I made me laugh. This whole episode, though, is basically... Unsurprisingly, Otto's a great actor. Immediately, like right at the gate, he's like a great actor. He's good at everything. And I realized as soon as this started happening, I'm like, oh, I know what I know. This movie, it's that Al Pacino movie, Simone, (laughs) about that time they make the a computer graphic actress who's so good she's gonna take over Mm. movies. But it's just Otto, man. I don't think anyone remembers that movie. I just I I had forgotten about it too until I started watching this. Here's what I remember: it was Simone, but the I is spelled with a one. Yeah, and I believe the E is the three. Because oh, it's, so, yeah, it's yeah. Sim 1. <laughs> She's the simulation one. Yeah, yeah, I got it. It's good. Uh, anyway, Lieutenant Curtis is, of course, doing his job in investigating uh, the murder of the gossip columnist. And as he's doing that, he uh, he gets a little call with an anonymous tip at the police station. He didn't say that. You know what he said? I guess I wrote it down because I laughed. A hot tip. Hot tip. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. It's a hot tip. And. It's a phone call comes in and says, hey, meet me after dark in a random alley by yourself, which, of course, if you're a good police officer, Yeah, Jack's you know, like, of course I'll go. No, no further questions. <laughs> yeah. At which point, a semi-truck smashes the shit out of his car. It was a, it was, again, this show is so weird, the tone. 
it's a actually not a bad badly filmed action sequence of jack in the car waiting and this trailer just keeps smashing him over and over and every time making the car a little bit smaller and then just before you think it's going to like kill him they're basically like all right now get out of the car it was just like to scare him i guess but i thought it was a pretty effective scene in an episode that didn't work very well it's always fun to see a uh a uh, semi-truck smashed something to pieces, and then uh, Lieutenant Scarlet is once more kidnapped by the bad guys. Yeah, and the the thing we've mentioned previously is that Captain Curtis, Captain Curtis? Jack, Lieutenant. Lieutenant Curtis has been kidnapped so many times in this show. It's crazy. And it's like, what's odd about it is that it's never involved with the plot directly. It's a subplot, but not even a subplot. It's... A series of scenes that they always have to add in that don't add to the plot, don't progress anything in terms Minor of- Minor stake increase, but not really. Not really, because like I, I think it was either the last episode or the episode before where they're like, oh yeah, Curtis is captured. Anyways, we'll get to that later. And it's that's what it is too. It's like, it's not- it do, And the thing is, it doesn't even raise the stakes in the world that they create yeah, yeah, yeah. for the villains. I mean, the best example of that was the time he went to that tropical island and got thrown in jail. And he's just like, just leave me here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. So- just so you know, he's going to get captured again. He is captured, and it doesn't really matter. I mean, at least it's not Roxanne getting kidnapped every time. That's true. Yeah, at least they're doing it to the male character. That's true. You would expect this show to only kidnap Roxanne. Yeah, and this and this show is does have a lot of um, those sort of tropes that are indicative of this time period, this mid-'70s to uh, mid-'80s. But weirdly, the biggest what I would call maybe sexist problem with this show is not over-sexualizing or um, putting the female character Roxanne in situations that are stereotypical uh, female positions, like you're saying, being captured and need to be rescued and stuff. It's something almost even more weirdly sinister, which is just don't give her anything to do because we don't know what to do with a woman. Yeah, she she's a non she's a non-entity. Yeah, like she is given almost... Uh, is much screen time as Cursor, and Cursor is a glowing ball that can't talk. Yes, that's that is true. You know, oh man, I hadn't thought of it. Yeah, they basically do have the same amount of screen Pretty time. much, as much to do. Yeah. At any rate, I'm not sure why this happens, but for some reason, Auto Man wiretaps. I mean, I guess the only reason it happens is for the uh, is is for the exposition. But Auto Man mm-hmm. is wiretapping the phone of the drug dealer so she can he, he can hear a conversation between the lawyer and the drug dealer. And I can't remember is he just using his powers or is he actually wiretapping? Well, that's him? what's funny. He, it appears that he has had Cursor create basically an AT and T van. That's right. That's so right. So with all the wiretap equipment, I actually thought at first when the scene started, I thought it was an actual police like separate characters from a mm. police like wiretap unit. But no, it's just Auto Man. Solo. Wally's not even there. But that's the thing. It's like he has these powers. He could just walk up to the place. He, he could go through the wall. Walk through the wall. He could jump into the phone line. Yeah. Shrink down. Sit in the phone. Or apparently he can just go up to the phone line and go, hello, Mr. Phone. And the phone would tell him the information yeah, exactly. he needs. So you've established all this weird world. But they have to, for whatever reason, dress him up again, but just for a scene, which has happened in the last couple episodes where he doesn't dress up once. He dresses up like three, four times an episode. Anything other than having him look like Auto Man, which we've established is the best looking thing on this show. Yeah, it's very silly. And like, basically all he finds out is sort of stuff we've already explained is like, if they don't finish the movie by 6 p.m. tomorrow, they can't buy the heroin. For reasons. Reasons. Auto Man's just like, well, what I'm going to have to do is stall this production till 6 p.m. tomorrow because that'll stop heroin. It doesn't make any like what stopping this movie does to solve the heroin problem never makes any sense. Yeah, because they've made some tenuous connection between 
the finance being tied up in this movie, but how the heroin deal stopping or going forward or the movie stopping and going forward doesn't really coalesce into anything that makes sense for a viewer. And I don't think it's just us watching it in 2021. I think it's even in 1984, it's tenuous tenuous at best. And I think you're just supposed to not pay attention. You just know that the stakes have never been higher. Yeah. So (laughs) Auto Man's plan is I'm going to go stall this movie out. So it's going to finish before he goes. He's like, I did manage to get the first four digits of that phone number. And they did mention they kidnapped Lieutenant Curtis. If you guys can figure out where these phone number digits go to, you'll find everything. And and I'm sure we've said this in the past watching this show, but it's insane to have scenes and tasks that seem designed for a computer and give that to a human and have the computer do things that are designed for a human. Yes. And it's just bizarre. It is crazy because now it's Wally's job to just look at a phone book until he finds the right phone number. And I mean, look, we shouldn't criticize too much because guess what? It works. I mean, it does work. Uh, Wally's able to determine the abandoned warehouse has just got a new phone line installed in yeah. it. Yeah. And again, it's, I mean, you can't pick too much, but- the idea that he looks through a well, what city? They're in California, right? They're in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. I'm assuming there's quite a few warehouses. <laughs> you, you would think. Yeah, and, and a few it, phone numbers. Yeah, and he found the one phone number that's into a new warehouse, and he's like, "Well, that's fishy." I'm like, "Not necessarily. What if it's a new startup company and they and the first thing they did was put in phone lines?" But it's like I understand that's being picky, but of course he's right. It, and, it is a stretch. I know. And him and Captain Boy jump in a car. They drive over. They rescue Lieutenant Curtis from the goons. Although not before Captain Boyd is shot badly. Yeah, yeah. It's the first time we've seen the captain uh, kind of go out on. I want to say a mission, but like on a case, go out in to be uh, on the line. He's, he's certainly like in the middle of an action sequence. Yeah, and he runs in, pulls his gun. They shoot him immediately, which I think both of us thought it looked like it was his chest. Oh, yeah. It, he went down so hard. I was like, did they just kill the captain? But no, he's like kind of winged on the arm. But I have to say he's a bit of a badass because he still kind of apprehends the guys. And then they're like, are you OK? He's like, yeah, I'm all right. Not only am I OK, not not hurt. I'm going to go do this again in a scene, two scenes from now. Yeah, yeah. He just walks it off. And then him and Lieutenant Curtis hop in a car. Now Lieutenant Curtis is rescued. He's like, I know where the heroin is. The two oldest guys on the cast. They drive off to the docks, bust in on the heroin sellers, and then like beat them up and stop the heroin. Yeah. which Which is funny because it almost feels like this could have been, you know, a special episode where you just follow the other characters. Like, what do they do when Auto Man and right, Wally right, are right. off? It's like, it could have just been Curtis. Super adventures. Yeah, the adventures of these two old guys who were actually doing, like, impre- police, work? police work. Yeah, but, I mean, maybe too much to ask for this show. Did you notice that the uh, uh, heroin goons were playing a card game? Oh, yeah, yeah. And what was it? What was it? They say something when they win. What is it? One of them, one of them throws down his cards and stands up and yells, Jinno! <laughs> Jinno. I don't know what that is, but I like it. Anyway, back on the movie set, there's three hours left to finish the movie. Yeah, so first they said there's three days. Now there's three hours. So what we haven't seen apparently- There's is, been a full two yeah, days. It's been that. a full two days of Auto Man being the most obnoxious person. Because the, the gag that we've seen previously is now- it's how much can he delay the movie by acting like a prima donna sort of. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's actually more than that. It's like it starts out that, but it's like it's to the point where no one would believe he's just temperamental or difficult. Like he's quite actively trying to wreck the movie. There's yeah. no, there's no way you could think anything. No one's going to miss this. No one's going to, he's late. He wants special food. He wants a trailer. He can't remember his lines. 
and like I, I, and not only that, and then he's like i want they've lit one way he's like i want the scene to be lit this way and i want to change it to snow and you're just like and they just are i guess in such a difficult position that they only have three hours left that so they they're have like given to his all of his demands yeah. I, I just wanted to say to the director i was like you probably have you probably have a double right just yeah, you have enough. Don't worry about just, it. Just shoot, shoot him from behind. Well, that's what I kept thinking to him. Fix like, it in ADR. There's only three hours left. Like, what could you be missing? Yeah, you can't be. You you probably have enough. It's, it's because it's that uh, that weird TV movie version of what movies is for the viewer, and it's like, well, it's the end of the movie, so we must be shooting the big final scene. <laughs> it's like, no, no, they shot that weeks ago. It is. It is very stupid, and and it's very funny too because that. Uh, What's her name? Veronica Everly, I want to yeah. say. The Who, actress we haven't seen since the beginning of the episode. That's what I mean. It's like, she's just been sitting around. And again, until this scene, I was like, is she in this movie or not? But she is. And it's such a weird character to have brought because they've doubled her with another woman. Why didn't they just have that other woman be the character? It does feel like there's only need for one actress and they have two. I guess they're, I don't know, they're playing a love triangle or whatever. But like, she walks by and Automan's just being like, so difficult, like ruining this movie. And she walks by and she like winks at him because she, I guess she knows he's an FBI agent because they met the police agent. But she winks at him. She's like, I get it. You're trying to do something here. And I'm just like, how, what? I, the quote I put is she says to him, I like your style. And I was like, well, of what? He's ruining the movie that you're getting paid for and all these people are getting paid for and this is what your job is and he's ruining it for reasons he has not explained. No, not at all. And you're just like, you know what? Let's see where this goes. Let's see what happens. And it all culminates and Otto decides to s- slow the movie down by he, he summons Cursor. They turn on a big which, wind machine. Which, by the way, everyone, everybody everyone sees. sees Cursor. I know, it was insane. Everyone's like, huh. <laughs> but like, basically they turn a wind machine snow starts falling it's so chaotic like the entire set literally starts exploding like there's like roman columns in the set and they start just exploding yeah yeah for some reason there was a lot of dynamite that was ready to go it was insane but it's just to it's to show the amount of destruction they do which if we haven't made it clear before there is no reason to have done this like the delay itself is annoying enough and could have just been done by his annoying behavior but there's no reason for them to delete. He's destroying this movie. an entire studio now, yeah. and there's no reason. <laughs> it's true. Uh, this is a little off topic and uh, a little aside. Did you? Could you figure out what time period this movie they were making was set in? <laughs> I thought the same thing. I think it was supposed to be some sort of 1930s uh, Great Gatsby esque sort of thing. Is what I thought. That is 100 percent what I thought too. For almost the entire time I was watching it, but there's one scene where Auto Man comes to work. And he shows up, the sets behind him that we've seen this whole time, and they seem to be shooting women in workout gear doing aerobics in the middle of the set. Oh, really? I didn't notice. Just in the background. I just kept waiting for them to explain what that was, and they never do. And I was just like, I don't know what this movie is. Yeah. Well, I, I, I like the title. What was it? It was... Um, Silver Dawn. I, oh, yeah. The Silver Dawn. Yeah. At any rate, this is basically concludes the movie. Everyone's running off the set, and we cut to the, the drug smugglers there. He's with his actress girlfriend who's put in this movie and the lawyer producers there and they're all walking out together. And then the girlfriend turns to drugs bugger and says, have I got a surprise for you or something to those lines? Yeah. She steps away from him, walks up to the lawyer producer, kisses him. She changes allegiances. She's like, we're double crossing you. You're the thing about this. So yeah, they do this double cross with a couple minutes left in the episode. But the weird thing is they didn't invest any time in her. So we don't know about her. We don't know her motivations. We don't know her character. We don't know the lawyer. We don't know anything about him. We don't know anything about the drug smuggler. We don't know anything about him. So this turn, 
is the audience supposed to be shocked because we've just met these characters? Well, it didn't make. I was like, okay, so why is she doing this? I all doesn't all, make sense. And all we know is Otto Man has now stalled the movie three hours, which just means now this drug dealer has to put the money he was going to put into heroin into finishing this movie. But the lawyer pulls the gun. He's just like, I'm robbing you now. Give me the keys to your house. I'm going to rob your safe. I'm just like, to what end? <laughs> I know. I know. It wasn't like they set it up that this guy, this lawyer, was purposely trying to get the drug smuggler to invest in the movie because he knew that it would crumble and thus he would take over his empire or something. That's not good, but at least maybe there's a sense of logic. No, yeah. It just it comes out of nowhere. This last second double cross. And even that last two seconds because then wally walks in he's like all three of you are under <laughs> arrest and like two of them are like okay and one of them runs off and claims some scaffolding yeah. so that wally can have another action scene where he like wrestles him off yeah the and then he gets to like uh swing down on a rope like he's uh, robin hood or something yeah and, and otto gets to make a bunch of cardboard boxes for a guy to fall onto yeah that's the action scene we went through as fast as possible because it doesn't matter and it's just and it's like it just feels so perfunctory. But uh, but the one thing I want to say is after he's killed, uh, he's uh, I'm assuming he's killed some grips and gaffers and stuff in this destruction. But then he leans over to Wally and with a real wink, he goes, I guess my performance is a real showstopper. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, thanks for the pun, Auto Man. But this cuts to the classic uh, Auto Man button at the end mm-hmm. where we wrap everything up. And Lieutenant Kurt, or <laughs> Lieutenant Curtis, Captain Boyd is usually in these, but I guess because he had so much to do this episode, they cut him out of it. Give Roxanne the button, yeah, and the button is just they're looking at gossip columns, the trades or something, and all they're ta- all the trades are talking about like what happened to this sensational new actor from uh, Silver Dawn that's disappeared. What happened to Otto J. Man? But again, it doesn't make any sense because the movie never came out. Yeah, it didn't get complete, so I'm assuming they have enough footage that they only didn't shoot a couple days left. They'll go do reshoots. They'll. This is the editor's thought. Yeah. You can't believe it. They'll, they'll recast him. So who is? Yeah, who? Like someone looking at the raw dailies is. I gotta go talk to the gossip rags about this guy. Like I know, and the whole point is, why are we talking about this? Why are we getting caught in the weeds? It doesn't really matter because the point it's is just so automatic can be like, I retire from acting. And so he could pull out a headshot and be like, Oh Do yeah, I still right. do autographs? And it's actually the guy's headshot. I forgot like, that Chuck Wagner pulled out his own headshot. And it's like. That's what all this is for. And it's this is such a mess of a dumb episode. So dumb. So it's just dumb. so dumb. Oh, well. Well, you ready for the next episode? I am. Here is the IMDb summary for episode 11. Zippers, which, by the way, it made me laugh because there's a strip club in town called Zippers. Oh, is there? Yeah. I didn't know that. I don't know if it's still here. It used to be here years ago, Zippers. Well... We'll have to look it up and go after after the show. <laughs> anyway, someone look it up. I'm sure there's many strip clubs called Zippers. It's very clever. <laughs> Are you uh, angry with me, Walter? No, 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 no. I'm not angry. Furious, yes, but not angry. I've been waiting for you for 20 minutes. I couldn't help it, Walter. Five encores and three hundred and forty-seven dollars. Here, take it. It's for you. I don't want it. This is exactly the reason I left you behind. You've disrupted my entire investigation. Would it help if I told you I've uncovered the connection to all those burglaries? No, it would not help. When are you go- You did what? Auto Man goes undercover as a stripper in a ladies-only strip club. Exotic dancers Gary Baxley and his partner Stanley are suspected of making wax impressions of the owner's keys and burglaring their houses when they are out. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a bit of a confused synopsis, but it's basically yeah. there. Yeah, basic. The basic plot is 
there's a series of robberies. I can't remember how many they say. Hey, here. 25, I believe. Yeah. So there's been a series of robberies. And the one thing that's connecting all of these robberies, other than I'm assuming they're in one major area of Los Angeles, one neighborhood, is that there's no forced entry. It seems like... These, Some, yeah, they've come in. They've come in either all these people have coincidentally all left their uh, doors open, or these people have somehow been able to get in with the key. And uh, Wally apparently in the past weeks has been trying to figure out what the connection is. Um, or they, or at least they've well, been, yeah. they've been working at some point on this case. Yeah, I mean, as the episode starts, what we're seeing is we're seeing the first one of the robberies take place, and and what we come to learn is that it, it's one of the male strippers who's in there who, uh, who when we see him at the strip club later, he his gimmick is he dresses as a cat burglar when he strips. It's That's there. right. Yeah, he he you see him go robbing, uh, robbing, uh, being a burglar, and then he his character as a stripper as a burglar. I think he just saved money. It was like a yeah, two yeah, for he one. Yeah, saved money. Uh, when we see him basically stealing a bunch of uh, jewelry, but they really focus in on this very large ring he's stealing. Can I mention though, did you notice what that, who that actor was? I did. Yeah. Should we say now? You might as well. Okay. So the guy who plays the uh, the burglar is uh, James Morrison, who I don't know if he's that uh, well known, but for us and for people listening to the podcast, he played uh, Colonel McQueen in Space Above and Beyond. And, uh, I recognize him right away, but he's much, much younger, obviously. This yeah, is a yeah, good yeah. 10 years before, but um, right away I was like, oh, that's... I." You it's know. so funny. I didn't clue in till the last 10 minutes when I was just like, why is he so familiar? And then I was like, I looked him up I'm like, oh, he's from Space Book Beyond. Yeah. So it is it is funny how, uh, how often we see actors... Uh, appear in one show and then we'll watch a show decades later and that person shows up it, again. Was, it was fun to see a connection like that for yeah. sure but yes he he's there stealing raw stealing jewelry steals this one very large ring before he uh mm-hmm. hops in his car heads back to work at zippers and uh you know what i like though uh as a burglar uh he had a very smart bag he put jewels in and i'm assuming it's it's a bag designed for jewels because that's what it seemed like and i was oh, like oh be. i've never seen that before anyways i thought it was a nice, a nice bag. jeweler's bag of some mm-hmm. sort yeah he, he gets back to work he's, he's got to get out there and do his uh cat burglar stripping and he uh, he basically hands the keys off he he was using to the uh club's valet and uh this is sort of the premise of like oh it has something to do with the, these two mm-hmm. men at this strip club and uh coincidentally though that that ring he stole contains a microchip filled with the names of people and witness oh, protection this is and and you're and you're giving a bit of information that's going to take yeah, a whole it takes episode a long time to, get. to get to. And again, the idea that there are strippers who are cat burglars, also cat burglars. I think that's enough for a TV episode. Like that's zany and out there enough. Why they are so desperate to add more layers? Which is it's not only just the microchip. Well, that's but it's a, also the witness layer protection on top of this. There's yeah. layer on top of that because it's a it's a big ring he's stolen with a list of witness protection names on a microchip inside the ring and he's stolen from a house of a man who works at a company it's not the government it's just a company that also has this information he's stolen the microchip it's a private it's a private a security company that has the information has the information he's stolen this microchip with these names from his work and he's going to sell it to the mob before it was stolen from him so now he's in trouble with the mob because he doesn't have the microchip he's supposed to sell to them yeah so there's like layers upon layers of complicity in this crime that is starts off as a burglary these burglars don't know any of this though yeah it's that's the thing it's just coincidental the idea that these people have set up i'm assuming a strip club 
just for the alibi? Like, I don't understand. I, I think it's I think it's just a coincidence they got a job there because the, right. the strip club is owned by someone else who's not involved in the burglaries. Well, but it does seem like there's more than a few that are involved in what we will learn is how they're getting the keys and stuff, right? So it seems like the business, or is it just that the business is very convenient to get valet keys? Well, that I, well, yeah, we'll get into it, but I think that's the thing is the valet is his partner and his the valet, as he parks rich women's cars to come to the strip club, he takes the key ring and makes copies. Mm-hmm. And then the burglar goes out and steals while they're at the strip club and then comes back. And that's the whole crime. It's yeah. it's it's insane. Anyway, uh, obviously, which is not obvious at all, the man who stole the witness protection names for the mob calls the police to report the crime. Yeah, because he's hoping they'll find them for him. And this this was what brings Wally and Auto Man is basically into investigate. And you know, Auto Man runs the like past twenty five robberies. Yeah, and and maybe I'm wrong, but they're like. We need to find a connection between these robberies. Uh-huh. There's got to be something. So we put it into the computer, as you do. You put paper into a computer, and it gives you answers. And what they find is three of the 25 home evasions were people who went to Zippers. I know. Now, how would they have possibly found that information? And and let's say let's say there is an easy way to have found that information. Maybe it was interviews with each of them, and they found there's a, 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 a word that, that comes up in all the interviews or something. Sure. But... Is three out of twenty-five yeah, enough? Is that because enough of a coincidence. Because I'm going to assume, of the twenty-five, two people went grocery shopping that day. Yeah, it, you know what I mean, like it's just, it's just, it's so tenuous. It's such a tenuous thing. And the thing is, they miss an entire beat here. Because I think where they're going with this, which maybe there was in a draft, is that it's like three of the twenty-five people who we interviewed admitted to being at zippers so then you have a scene where you're interviewing the woman whose house is robbed and she doesn't want to tell her husband she went to the strip mm-hmm. club. like that's what that seems like it should be going but that doesn't happen they're just like three of the ones are connected to zippers we gotta you, you got we gotta go to the strip club i'm like what and on a on a separate note it's funny that they have decided this is a strip club because obviously this is not only this is network tv but it's network tv in the 1980s so the stripping is very tame. You have like maybe a man take a top I, off, but the whole point is so you can have Auto Man do a dance strip stupid. sequence later, right? But they could have said it anywhere. It doesn't have to be a strip club, and it seems like they made it difficult for themselves. And then they were like, "Why did we it's, handicap ourselves?" It's like, "Well, yeah, why did you? You could have had it. It could have been a vaudeville club. It could have been a bar. It could have been anything. If the whole point is, it just needs to be a place that had valet." That's it. That's, That's it. all you That's need. That's all they needed. It's true. And like, this is basically enough to, you know, it's Wally's big break in the case. He runs into the captain's office to tell him, it's like, hey, Lieutenant Curtis, Captain Boyd. I like this scene, though. I figured out where we should go. And they're like, Wally, shut up. There's an armed hostage taking. We don't care. Yeah. And then Wally's like, well, should I do something? They're like, we don't care. And so he's like, okay, I'm on the job. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we have more important cases than these weird robberies we don't care we yeah, have real they, things they happening just throw him out of the office with his information I'm like I, I mean i understand you have a crisis but like i think you need to listen but what i like though too is because again they have to have an excuse for wally to go out they can't just have him on a case for some reason yeah. so they have to add a scene where everyone just goes we don't care we're gonna ignore you it's as if the viewer's like how did wally get a case well then it's so funny too because he's like how am I going to get into this women's only strip club? Which, by the way, homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But 
he's like, I'm going to have to get Roxanne for a scene so she can go to the strip club and then let me in a back door. But what is the hilarious thing they have? Well, that's the big joke is they get there and she's like, I've never been to a place like this. And the bouncer's like, oh, you're my regular Roxanne. And you're like, oh, Roxanne. Yeah, it's, it's like, I know it's nothing. It's, it's nothing. just nothing. I, I don't even get what's the joke? The joke is she goes to a strip club. Yeah. What's the go, joke? She goes she goes all the time. She's a regular there, but she was telling while she doesn't. I'm like, who cares? I don't <laughs> yeah, care. Who cares? Yeah, I don't care. to be fair, a lot of the show could be chalked like, up to who cares. I was just like, why can't Wally just walk in the front door? Does I don't don't understand. And again, this is a scene that creates what you think is going to be an obstacle but it's not because Roxanne then goes yes I'll go in the front immediately it lets him in the side and he's in the club now does Wally get thrown out no, no. so there's no reason I know I there's like, no reason to add the line that men can't be there it's like why well so when I was just like I, I need Roxanne to help me with this I'm just like is she gonna like I thought for a second he was gonna dress and drag look I know this is bad and that would be have aged poorly and it's not a scene we need to see in TV and stuff anymore however it would have at least made more sense. I'm just saying, it would have made more sense. It, yeah, it, none of like none of the ways they could go, they choose to go with this. Thing. At any rate, Wally as has become really common now is like Auto Man, you can't come. Which, barring the fact that maybe you're right, Auto Man doesn't need to come. At this point, we've established if you tell Auto Man he can't go, Auto Man's going. Like, why yeah. even bother telling yeah, him? Yeah, because go it's now? I Love Lucy. Exactly. So Auto Man gets to zippers first, parks his car in a very tight space. Well. <laughs> Okay. I wasn't going to talk about this, but yeah. I just, his parking job is really I, focused on I don't know on. why. It's like they have, I know why, because he wants to give them his digital keys, I guess. No, not even but that. Because he, does, he doesn't, right? No, no, so he like, just parks in a tight the space. Va- the valet goes, do you want me to park in the car? And he goes, no. He parks in a remarkably tight space, which by the way, when he gets out of the car, they don't show up. I'm like, because there's no way he physically could get out of the spot. <laughs> there's like an inch on each side, maybe. But he then uses his super hearing and supervision to watch them essentially well, cut, cut keys. He basically gets out of his car, goes into the employee's entrance of the strip club, which I guess Wally could have done himself as well, but he yeah. didn't. Uh, goes in, uses his x-ray vision to just see the stripper and the valet making copies of keys. Solves the crime within the first 10 minutes of the episode. Yeah. I'm just, like It's just like, oh, mystery but again, solved. But why did he have to even bring his car in? Just walk, walk over. Yeah, there's no reason. So he solved the mystery, and the only turn here is the owner walks by and says, oh, are you the replacement dancer I ordered? Uh, you're on yeah and uh this scene goes on and on and on i do like though there's this moment where he's just like doesn't know what he's gonna do so he walks into the dressing room and one stripper who looks exactly like geraldo (laughs) he's playing robin hood explains to him you need a gimmick so he's just like my gimmick's electricity i'm Otto, the high voltage electrician (laughs) i know his his stripping character is an electrician i just love that he's just it's just an everyday job. Listen, I know... Is there anything more erotic than an electrician? No, there's nothing more erotic. I know you're excited for this strip club episode. Oh, man. I, when we saw the first stripper on stage dancing, and he took off his shirt and then ended his show, I was furious. <laughs> like, I know they don't even take off their pants. And then we have to watch Otto dance for five to ten minutes of this episode. I mean, it feels way longer. And he strips into his other set of clothes, his yeah. glowing auto clothes. And I'm just like... And the crowd's going crazy. Going crazy. I'm just like, listen, not I, you know, we don't want to objectify anybody, but like, if you go to a place to watch someone take off their clothes and they just took off their clothes well, to wear another set of clothes, it's the weird, you'd go insane. It's the weird thing you sort of need to uh, suspend your disbelief in the show is that the women are so excited because he's A, such a good dancer, B, he's so good looking, and C, 
because he's taking his clothes off. But you don't really get any, he any of that. He took his clothes off. She's wearing another set of clothes. You don't even get it. Like, it's not even like you get to see he has got great abs or something. You get nothing from Otto. Here's, here's what I wrote down. His name was Otto the High Voltage Electrician. I came up with a better name. Okay. Otto Erotic. Oh, Otto Erotic is good. It's way better, right? Oh, 100%. And like that was a scene. I wrote it down right away. I was like, guys- you had a whole room of you, writers. You walked away from this. <laughs> it's very funny. Like the entire time he's dancing is nothing but ADR puns about him being like Yeah, and, and there's like one bit where like an old lady tries to get him to like cash a check. Oh, well, that's it. She's run out of money because everyone's. Uh, here's the ADR lines I wrote down because I only wrote down two. It's like one one ADR line. Someone yells, "Charge my battery, Otto." <laughs> I didn't and the that. other ADR line strode by a woman is, "Hot wire me." Uh, okay, that was just a bit of a stretch. Yeah, but yeah, like they're all putting money here's the thing they're shoving dollar bills into otto's pants so he can take those pants off which made me angrier than ever but yes there's there's a scene where an old woman's just like i'm out of money will you take a personal check yeah but he does his dance wally and uh roxanne see him of course it's like it's very similar to the previous episode where he's playing uh guitar they need him to get off stage he tells them he made i think it's 347 dollars i know it's not it doesn't seem like it's anything no and uh and my and maybe my favorite part of this episode is wally says a line that i don't know who is for (laughs) and what he says is because you know automan's very excited which is something they really don't they kind of play with but maybe not enough of the sort of childlike wonder that he should have is that every new experience is great to him and this is like he's just so excited he's excited at the the crowd response he's excited to be good at it because he's good at everything and and uh walter says to him because he's irritated he's very irritated and i don't know why i think it's the morality i think but anyways wally's really angry about this like for several scenes but he says to him you're a regular gypsy rose lee and I went, what I went, mean? what? So I looked it up because it was such a peculiar line. So Gypsy, and maybe someone knows who this, but Gypsy Rose Lee was a lady who did 1950s burlesque who was quite popular in the 1950s. <laughs> so either Wally is very, very knowledgeable of burlesque dancing. That My thing is, this reference in 1984 is already 30 years old. That's crazy. So it's like, it's 60 years old at this point. Who's it, getting this joke? Who's getting this joke? And it just feels like someone who wrote it and then they just left it in. Like, it's so much worse than making, like, a, a comment that makes sense. Like, you know, the, they always talk about he plays tennis, like Jimmy Connors. Or People still kind of know Jimmy Connors is now. And they would have definitely in the 80s. But, like, Gypsy Rose Lee? I, it just was such a... Uh, it just stuck out so badly. I'll, I'll tell you my favorite part about this sequence is we sort of mentioned is uh, Roxanne gets in. She lets Wally in the back door. They basically step to the side of the stage where they right. see Auto Man stripping. And Roxanne turns to Wally and she's just like, well, that's not good. And she turns around and walks out the exit and is gone from the episode. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, because she's gone. Like, she walks out. She's <laughs> I like, didn't even notice. And she's gone. Because what happens is Auto Man leaves the stage. We cut to Auto Man and Wally You're leaving right. You're right. in the car, in the auto car. And they're like, all right, I figured out who did it. The, those burglars who are also leaving the club right now. Let's just follow them to the next burglar and catch them, which they do. Yeah, and like, it's so funny. Yeah, there's the usual car chase. Yeah, and they, they do a car chase and they stick stuff in the road. It's the same bit you've seen a million times. That you know, oh now they, oh this one they they say it's like sh- they're shepherding them yeah. toward a police they station. They basically go to the police station. That's the yeah, game, like yeah. the idea is like, oh we drive so fast we can make them do all the turns and drive into a police station. But did you hear? But I should say one thing that uh, Wally gets a line just before the commercial. Yeah, and yeah after they get good. him, he goes, 
anybody order two hot robbers to go? Yeah, that was pretty good. But I, what's the gag? What's the joke? Uh, he's like a police delivery man to the police, but with robbers. Yeah, but what's what's it a pun of? What what's a robber a pun of? Uh, a hot dog? Uh, I don't uh, understand. Two, two hot pizzas, I think. I don't know. I don't know. It's like Wally. You're it's, not funny. It's not very good, but yes. What I liked is, unlike most of these episodes... He's a regular Gypsy Rose Lee, am I right? <laughs> what I liked is, unlike most of these episodes, they've solved the crime in the first 15 minutes. Like, yeah. it's over. The and crisis it's just, closed. And it's just spinning the wheels and time-wasting. Well, now kind of what happens is that that uh, guy who stole the microchip, his name is Stanton. Stanton's mm-hmm. excited. They've caught the bad guy. They, give, they call him. They're like, drop by the police station. Pick up your stuff. He goes. All of his jewelry is there with the sole exception of the ring, for no reason. Like, yeah. There's no reason the robbers wouldn't have kept the ring with the jewelry. And, and they never explain it either. They, they don't, don't explain they, it. The robbers don't know anything that was up with this That's ring. That's what I mean. And it's just like, he just left it in his pocket, which also, I'm going to say, doesn't make sense. because. So what you have to know is, both these robbers... Get they get arrested. Get arrested. Everything they have for some reason they have all the jewels. It's all in that car they're driving. They they keep the jewels in the car, so the police are able to confiscate and get back everything. Everything. But for some reason, the one guy keeps the ring. I'm assuming in his pocket. No, it's not even that. Because when they finally go back to get it, he's hidden it in a rooftop light fixture. Oh, that's right. On the roof of the street. But he doesn't know why he would have done that. But no, there's no reason he would have done it. I forgot. I thought he just had it on him. Anyway, it makes no sense. But Stanton's all upset. He uh, he he's like, I can't, I didn't get the ring back. He calls up the mob and he's just like, Hey, mob, uh, I didn't get the ring back. But as soon as these two burglars make bail, I'm going to like ask them what they did with the ring. Yeah. And at this point, the mob's just like, Okay, well, we what do we need him for anymore? I I did like this part. They're they're basically like, Well, we don't need you. We can do that ourselves. So they just kill him. They just kill him. But. Between this phone call, so he makes this phone call to the mob says, I'll talk to the burglars when they get out of prison. Hangs up. And the mob's like, well, let's just kill him. Let's move on. Between that hang up and like two minutes later, he, the Stanton guy picks up the phone, calls Wally, has a complete change of heart, says, hi, is this Wally? I stole something from my job and I think my life's in danger. Hangs up, murdered. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? Like, there's no reason he would have called Wally. He would never have called Wally. Yeah. There, but there's something else that I like. Um, and I think it's just because of the, a book I, I've just been reading. But um, the bad guy, the big, uh, I don't know what his name is. The mob boss. The mob time, boss. Yeah. It's Every time it's a mob boss in this show. But the mob boss in this, every time he has a line, it's kind of like a weird veiled threat. And I wrote down a couple. Like he was, he says at one point uh, to Stanton before he gets killed, he goes, if you don't find it, tell your wife to dress in black. <laughs> and he says stuff like that. And it, the thing is, like I was just reading a Richard Stark novel, which are, just just so much better at this sort of thing where you have that kind of difficult dialogue to sell because I would have loved for him to be like, what do you mean weird black? Expl- explain it to me. And he's like, oh, I just had a very pithy comment where I have to <laughs> give you, because later on he says, let me see if I can find it. Oh yeah, he goes, uh, the one guy goes, yeah, he gave us a great excuse. It's on his toe tag. <laughs> and I was like, what? Why would you say it like that? He's like, we killed him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who is the actor playing this mob boss? Oh. I recognized him, but I had no idea who he was. Uh, it's a character actor, James T. Callahan. As soon as I saw him, I'm like, Jordan will know who oh, this no, is. Oh, no, sorry. That's, that's uh, sorry. James T. Callahan's playing um, uh, Stanton, and playing the mobster is, it's because it's a Canadian actor. His name's uh, John Vernon. He's in a ton of oh. stuff. John Vernon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, it, I think is still acting, but mostly voice work, because he's got a great voice. Yeah, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, I know who this guy is, yeah, but I don't yeah. know from what. Yeah, yeah. 
at any rate, yes, this is basically the mob kills Stanton. And so Wally shows up to like ask Stanton what he meant by that phone call of like, I stole something. He's dead. And what I like is in the that, pool. <laughs> he's in the pool. And they're like, he, they feel, basically, they threw him in the pool and drowned him as well. Yeah, I guess so. and, and, and Jack's like, it might be a mob hit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it could be, I guess. <laughs> he's dead in the pool, but it's like, or he could have just drowned in the pool. Maybe he just fell in. Or maybe he got married to William Shatner. Oh, no. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's been bad. a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah. Uh, the joke there is that uh, William Shatner may have killed his wife. <laughs> may not have as well. We don't know for sure. <laughs> yeah, he may have. He may not have. We're not a true crime podcast. <laughs> At any rate, this basically sends Otto and Wally off to break into this man's employers, uh, the BA, the BEK Corporation. Is that what it's called? Yes, yes. I just call it Beck. Very, very evocative name. It's, it's that classic thing where they merge... Otto walks through all the walls, and just like a normal police investigation, you break into a location. Yeah, well, the the part that's great is so they break into the. Uh, I think I think he does his finger zap is how they get in. Yeah, the something like that. Um, this company is a security company, correct? Yeah, is that some sort of tech company that seems especially well? That's security. the thing. But they have robots around. At least one robot. There and is <laughs> one robot on display in the lobby. Yes. And this robot's not just a sculpture or a statue. It's no. a working robot. And it's I wrote it down. It's the Beck Corporation's Cybor 780. <laughs> Cybor. Cybor good. Yeah. Cybor 780. And it has what we've... Uh, again, another sort of terrifying thing they've added to this universe is that all technology is sentient and has personality and thoughts and feelings in this world and can communicate with one another. And this robot is like sad and like lovelorn and and it's and it, they they meet this thing and it wants to join them and Wally's like, I can't, he's stupid. And when Auto Man's like, you've made him feel bad. And I was like, Yes, you've made this robot feel bad. Uh, Wally's very rude to that robot yeah, for no reason. For no reason. And you're like, the only reason that robot's there is clearly it's a plot point for later on. Barely. Barely. But It is funny. And, and Automan treats it a little bit like a dog. Mm-hmm. He's he's very upset that it, it is, sounds like R two D two. Yeah, and he's a little. He's very upset. It's it's he th- he feels it's almost a prisoner here. But and like the robots immediately like following him around like a puppy, and they have to send it away so it doesn't attract attention. That leads to the next scene where they find the computer. Where I don't know what they're hoping to get out of this computer, but it's the Delilah one hundred. Yes, the prototype security computer Delilah one hundred, and the entire purpose of this scene is this computer has a female voice, and there's this real like. They're going for something. Did it's you like understand s- what they were going for? Like something pseudo-sexual, maybe? Well, it's kind of like a screwball comedy where, like, they're very flirty, but, like, they also don't like each other. Like, that's what Automan and this yeah. computer so have. Yeah, so what, what you learned earlier is they try to get the information of this computer, but Automan can't access it from... The uh, keyboard. Like, he's trying to yeah. hack the keyboard, but so he, they it, have to security's go- too good. Yeah, so they go. that's why they go to the building initially, and he tries to get into the computer, but she's, they're sort of have this tete-a-tete where yeah. every time he tries to do something, she blocks him and then makes kind of a sarcastic comment. But they do sort of play this weird, like I said earlier, like this almost sexual aspect to it of when he's entering her... There's this sort of well, they like do say he has to enter her, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and then he like it's like they're exhausted, like they're almost having this weird physical struggle. That's he's has to wrestle information out of her. Yeah, but he sort of acts and he's like, he's like exhausted after because he's met his match. It's, sort it's of very thing. odd. I will say this though, I liked the idea of this like rom com meet cute between Otto and a computer way more than I've liked it between him and a human being. Well, and. Uh, you know, I think I said it in the last episode, but this could have been the episode. It could have been Wally needs Auto Man to 
break some sort of code or access some sort of files. And what he finds is he's met his match. Yeah. And he, and the whole episode is him having this challenge about someone who might be better than him and him realizing that or finding he has to think outside the box or whatever it is. And maybe that's not that more interesting an episode, but just to jam this in as a throwaway scene seems weird. It is and, weird. I mean, it is, it is what the show does. And it ultimately, like, even when he gets inside the computer and wrestles the information he needs, he doesn't actually find the information he needs. What he finds is the computer tells him, uh, finally tells him, I don't know, but we keep witness security stuff on microchips here. And they're able to piece the rest together. So they don't actually even get any useful information. No. The whole point is Auto Man's tired now. Not tired enough, though, because uh, at this point some security guards catch them and the robot has to distract them as they jump yeah. in the auto car and drive away. But it, it is this lead up to the idea that they, the guards also fire at them pretty indiscriminately. I yeah, like I mean, they're they're just private security. They don't care. <laughs> but they basically now are like, okay, we know that that ring probably had a microchip in it. And we've apparently heard in an off-camera sequence that those burglars got out on bail. Yeah. So what we should do as two police officers is break into one of the burglars' homes and wait for him there. So they can he can tell them where the ring is? Uh, yeah, apparently. So he can ask about the ring. Yeah. They get there, and as Wally has stated, or as Ottoman has stated, he's very tired. So he's like, instead of zapping electricity out of a power cycle that like he's he normally done would, many times, yeah. he will instead disappear for a period of time. Yeah, and so then, of course, as soon as he leaves, Wally's there by himself, and Wally's back to his helpless mode. So the bad guy, the two, mob bosses yeah, show, the, or the mob goons show, they up. show up, and now Wally's in trouble. Yeah, Wally's got to pretend like he's the burglar. Yeah, so that's the gag that happens. He's like, I got to think on my feet instead of having them just get rid of me. I'll pretend to be this guy. I can't remember what his name is, but he pretends to be one of the robbers, and sort of talks his way into them not only not killing them but that he wants them to bring him to the main mob boss because then he'll tell them yeah he'll negotiate something with the main mob boss and like the stakes are high because the the mob goons are like well we can't kill this one we kill the other burglar already yeah and i think you get the toe tag line here somewhere yeah 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 and while he goes back meets the other mob boss is kind of like I'll give you the ring for $25,000 and the guy's like i don't have that kind of money on hand he's like well i'll wait yeah and I guess it's all just to buy time. Unfortunately for Wally, the mobsters, actually, these mobsters are actually pretty smart compared to our usual ones. One of them are like, I'm just going to stay in this guy's house and look for the ring. You take him back to me. But, but like, if we can find it here, we'll just murder him. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And so this mob, this mob goons looking through the house and the real burglar comes home. Old uh, uh, Lieutenant Commander Ty, uh, whatever. Yeah. From he comes home. The, meets the goon there and he's just like ah yeah i stole the ring i'll, I'll take it right to it yeah and of and, course and, and, the, and the jigs up so they know wally's feet Wally's not it. so they're like let's bring them all to the strip club and we'll look for the ring there of course this is also the exact moment that auto man reappears in the apartment overhears everything mm -hmm. so he also races to the strip club so as like they're all at the strip club the guy's pulling the ring out of the light fixture to hand it over Auto Man causes a power surge so the lights go down for a second so Wally can grab the ring and run out. Mm -hmm. And as Wally runs out, him and Auto merge and then Auto runs out onto the stage of the strip club so he can so he'll strip while they wait for police backup to come because they can't get him while he's stripping. Yeah, I don't know why. I like, don't know why. The mob can't run out on stage in front of that mob of women who's who's yeah, it's cheering. Like, like just have two people grab him and be like drag him off. Drag him off and then be like, "Oh, that was weird." Like yeah, I don't know. It is just basically to buy time. Yeah. Reinforcements arrive. The mobsters are all arrested. 
the list is recovered uh, as another successful case. Oh, but then we go back to the station. Yeah, we got to do the button at the end. Uh, we find out that um, I think <laughs> that the place is going to have higher security or something like that. I, what they say, I, this, what, this made me laugh because there's the Delilah like 1000 who like he forced that information out of. They basically say it's like they're never going to trust Delilah 1000 with that kind of security again. I'm like, but she didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Deactivator. Uh, anyway. And then like Wally's just like. Well, he's like, and that lady from the strip club who owns it, she keeps calling and asking where you are, Otto. I said you fled the country because you're a wanted man. And then Roxanne throws up the door and she's like, and he's like, Otto, man, you're late for your shift at Zippers. And while, and Otto man's like, uh-oh. Yeah, so you find out he's still stripping because he likes stripping. it so much. He's still stripping, yeah. Yeah. What a what a turn. <laughs> yeah. Jordan, are you glad Well, we waited so long? <laughs> I was kind of disappointed in this one because I think – this could have been either, and I'm not saying it was better, but it could have been a lot zanier and sillier for what this premise is, or a lot raunchier. <laughs> That's the thing is the strip club is barely used. It barely used. That's the thing is like they tease it that there's going to be something about it, and there's a reason for it, and it could have been anything. Yeah, could been anything. Could have been anything. Could it's... it could have been a club? Could have been. It could have been an office. It doesn't matter. Back to that magic club. <laughs> oh yeah, the magic club. Yeah. At least we got a, got some magic. Then. What was it? What was that lady? I don't know if you remember. Remember she had something. She was like, "This is gonna be a real stinker or something." What did she say? No, oh, yeah, this is gonna. Be, what was it? A floppo yeah. or something? Floppo, yeah. <laughs> so a real floppo. Yeah. Uh, that was what zippers was. <laughs> yeah, it was a real floppo. I don't know. Any final notes on these two episodes, Jordan? Now nah, let's rank them. Yeah. All right. What do you think about murder? Take one. You know, in some ways, it's just a standard. Um, episode of Auto Man. It's got whatever highs there are, and it's got all the lows there are. But I found him more irritating than normal on this. But, but I mean, uh, it's just so like nothing. This show, like, I find it hard to have any real strong feelings. I think you have stronger feelings. For me, it's just like, it's like, what are we beating up this person who's already dumb? So I have four to ten. <laughs> you know. I don't. It's like, Auto Man, you can't do long division. He's like, I can't. So what am I going to say? I mean, I said it at the top of this episode. This show has just become what wacky job does Auto get this week? <laughs> hey, it's true. And honestly, I would like it more if that was all it was. Or if there was a reason for things or there was a consequence to things. But because they get so convoluted in us nonsense, it just becomes that. It's just putting hats on for no reason. If it, if it was a comedy about wacky Auto trying a new job every week that'd be fine it's really as they have to interweave a crime that may and this one i mean next one doesn't make much sense either but this one especially with the double cross at the end where it's just like also i'm changing boyfriends i'm like what i don't care (laughs) i know (laughs) i know it's so odd i'm gonna give it a two okay and now the one you've been waiting for jordan zippers (laughs) Ugh, I was really disappointed in Zippers. I you wanted, built it up so much. I really, it's because I saw the, I saw the, uh, the synopsis, and I was like, oh, how are they gonna ruin this? And leave it to, <laughs> leave it to Auto Man. They did. I don't know. I thought it was a little bit better than the last episode. I don't even know why. I mean, yeah, four and a half. <laughs> Is that too high? It's hard to say. I can't tell which one of these episodes it's not, I like less. It's not. This show is not terrible look it's not good it's a it's a quite bad show but is it like it's not as offensive as some of the shows we've seen no, no, no. There's, there's stuff in here there's no question but it's not as poorly produced like it doesn't look that bad i mean it's not great but it's just 
it's just like a dumb show that doesn't I still doesn't know what it wants to be and the tone is all I mean, over the place. <laughs> they ran out of ideas maybe two episodes in. You're probably right. And have been recycling like the one idea they have. I mean, I would say the only thing that's changed is at some point probably two or three episodes ago they decided what if Autumn had a weird job every week. And now that's what it is. And they've they've recycled footage and gags. Like we've seen the gag of them running someone off the road because of a right angle turn like six times probably. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it, it, there's just never anything. So uh, for me, I'm just like, I am more bored because it's like, it's the same show almost ever. Like, yeah, he was an actor and the joke at the end is like, I'm quitting acting, even though I could be very popular. Now he's a stripper. The joke at the end is like, I'm quitting stripping. Even though I could be, like, it's this, like, those are the, they're the same episode. I think weirdly more of an issue than his overpower problem which we I think we mentioned early on because he just they've added this he gets tired because he just has too yeah, many yeah, powers yeah. is that because he's also really good at everything he tries it's hard to create a situation where that's interesting he learns guitar he's great at it he learns how to ride a motorbike he's great at it he learns to strip he's great at it he learns to act he's great at it so it's like there's no conflict there's nothing interesting because they don't know how to weave that into anything because they have to reset every episode. So it's like, he's great at something. Everyone loves him, but he has to walk away because... Yeah, I mean, the only... I'm going to write this episode still, so I'll get to it right now. Oh, yeah, sorry. The only thing that I felt was different between these two episodes, because they're exactly the same, was that the convoluted plot was just uh, spread out a little bit more, mm. but only slightly. But I, I still... I, I can barely tell the difference between these two episodes, so I guess I have to give it a two again. Okay. But maybe it should be a one. I don't know. I don't know. I know. I kind of feel the same way. It really, it, uh, we were saying about this before we uh, before we recorded, but like, it feels like it, I'm ranking it based on how I kind of felt when I was watching it. It almost <laughs> has nothing to do with these episodes at this point because they're so interchangeable. And when we look back on this show a year from now, we're going to barely remember what episode he did what. It's like, there was an episode he did a guitar. But does it matter? No, because it had nothing to do with the episode. And or is it the episode where he dressed up as a police officer? Does it matter? Not really. It, it's it's gonna be so hard to tell these individual episodes yeah. apart. Like Automan is in itself forgettable, but like from episode to episode, tr- truly we've never watched anything that is this much of a void. Yeah, yeah. I just I just feel like every episode is a blank, empty void that's can like there's no intention to leave you with any impression. Yeah, it's actually an interesting way to look at it. I think you're right. It's almost like they know this is a time waster. You know it's a time waster, but you're going to watch TV anyway. So we're going to give you content, but there's not really much here. Like you're not supposed to think about it. I don't even really think you're even supposed to have that much fun because (laughs) it's it's not even like I hope I hope this is entertaining to listen to. But the episodes could be a real drag because they like even when there can be something fun, they don't really want to do it. They'd rather have. You know, it'd be fun if he's a stripper, but they're like, what if we just see him do kicks for four minutes? It's like, well, that's not fun for anybody. Also, by the way, it should have been Wally stripping. Yeah. That's that's the gag. I mean, that is the problem uh, with all of these episodes. It's they've reversed the roles wrong. Yeah. Auto Man's a detective. He should be running the case. And then the case should always require Wally, the introvert, to have to act, to have to strip, to have to go undercover in a way he does not want to. Yeah, you're absolutely right. To buy auto time. Um, <laughs> but they have reversed the roles and as a result have stripped any conflict out of it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's, you know, like it doesn't solve all the problems, but it, it is, be better. but it plays to the actual characters you've defined, which they're even now blurring because 
I think they made Auto Man too perfect. So they're like, well, he's also jealous. So that would be his thing. And then Wally was too much of a wuss, but he's also great at karate. You're like, <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Well, you're just muddying the waters of these already ill-defined, not very good characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean... We're almost at the end. We've done something that almost no one has ever done, which is watch all of Auto Man. <laughs> so that's an achievement. You want you want to see where the ratings are right now? Yeah. Well, I know it's dip below, dip below five. That now. means I only have to watch one next week. If it, no, if no. We, if we bail out. No, no. We watch both. Why would we watch both? We, we take the escape. Come on, come on. You really want to watch this? Last we have episode? to. We have to. We've we've come this close. I want to skip this last. No, episode. no. We gotta watch both. We'll watch thirteen, not twelve. No, we gotta watch both. You're breaking the rules, Jordan. Just one last podcast, twelve and thirteen. We can't, we can't not give the the fans what they want. They want episode twelve. Auto Man dresses up as uh, a offensive ethnic stereotype. I've given the fans so much already. <laughs> we gotta watch it. All right, I won't even punch it in if you're gonna make me watch it. I can't believe we're gonna watch Come it. Come on, twelve and thirteen. We can save it for something else. <laughs> Well, well, we'll figure it out. All right, all right. We're not even going to check it. We'll have an argument off air about <laughs> it. All right, you guys. It's for the bonus episodes, our <laughs> argument. That wraps it up for the episode. You can tune in next week for one of two possible episodes. <laughs> in the meantime, you can email us at continuumdragatgmail.com. We probably won't have time to get to any final Automan thoughts, but if you have anything interesting yeah. to say, who I mean, knows? What else could we possibly say about Automan? Who knows where that'll go? Unless your name is, uh, uh, what's it? Uh, uh, Auto uh, J-Man. <laughs> you know, you're Donnie Lonigan, who's the guy who played Automan? <laughs> Chuck Wagner. Chuck Wagner. Unless it's Chuck Wagner writing, what could we possibly have to say? <laughs> Uh, and then on Instagram and Twitter, the handle there is at Continued Drag. You'll see him stripping. Some ooh, maybe see him acting. Don't worry, it's really PG. Very PG. It is so PG that the stuff with the women that came before it is insulting. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, and that, I guess, wraps it up for the episode. Mm-hmm. So, listener, thanks for joining us. And Jordan, I'll see you next week. See you then. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rex Seedler, produced by Jordan Dulloch and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Hughes.